Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hey, everybody, it's Catherine, and I seem to have lost Christy. So if anybody sees Christy, let me know. Uh, she is, I think, well, she, I know she's in Arizona. She went down to Patagonia. They have some houses down there that they're working on. And then this weekend is Spirit World, which will be done by the time this podcast comes out. But we were chatting and we were trying to record the intro. And then all of a sudden, I've just lost her. Uh, so I know she's really busy getting ready for the event and working on stuff down there. So I decided to go ahead and come on by myself and record the intro, which really is not nearly as fun because we can't make fun of each other or kind of have barbs at each other. But uh, we've had a really, really busy week in Feisty World. We are getting ready to head down to Tempe. When you get this, I'll be flying out the next morning, Wednesday morning. Uh, to head down to Tempe, Arizona for our Outspoken Women in Endurance Sport Summit. And I'm getting really, really excited about that. We have some great speakers from the gravel world that are going to be joining us. Uh, we have um, Michelle Duffy is going to be doing a talk. She's the head of marketing for Lifetime Events. And then um, I'll be doing some talks. Sarah, Celine Yeager will be doing a workshop on writing. Molly Herford is going to be doing a live podcast recording. So it's going to be a lot of fun. and. We are also going to be announcing the winners of the Outspoken Women of Endurance Sports Awards. So there are several gravel categories, including coach of the year, race director of the year, gravel cyclist of the year. And then for some of our other categories, like the business impact award and the media award, we also had a quite a number of gravel women nominated. So you will be able to watch that on the Feisty Media Facebook page. I believe that's where it's going to be. So keep an eye out going to be on Sunday and it'll be live. I believe it's 11, 1130 Pacific time. I don't really know a lot of details, even though I'm kind of in charge of the content for this conference. This doesn't bode well for this event. Um, just kidding. We have a whole team that's keeping everything straight, but keep an eye out for the socials. If you want to watch that, it's really fun to celebrate these women. And I'm excited to see how this grows year on year. So keep an eye on that. And then since I'm just rambling solo and several people have sent me emails or asked me 
we are opening registration for the 2023 gravel festival on november 17th okay i know i said it was going to be october but there was a lot going on and then there were, there were a few things we were trying to coordinate in the bentonville side of things to finalize everything so the dates are definitely set it's may 11th through the 13th i just i couldn't get it out the door <laughs> um, Sometimes people see our company like Feisty Media and Girls Gone Gravel and everything that happens and they think we're a really big company because we tend to generate a lot of excitement and stuff on social media, but we're actually a team of seven people that run one, two, three, four, four or five brands. So everything that happens with those brands. Uh, so there's a lot going on right now this time of year and it's a, a small team, a small but very mighty team. So anyway. That's going to be going on sale the 17th. I would love for you to come join us in Bentonville. It was just such a cool space uh, last year where we got to hang out, ride bikes, have some great brand experiences, and we learned a ton from doing it our first time. We're going to make some adaptations um, to the two-day format. We're going to throw in some rides that have a little bit more themes and fun. Um, we're going to plan a big closing party this year. So... I am very excited about the 2023 Gravel Festival, and I really want you to come join us in Bentonville, Arkansas. Uh, that's May 11th through the 13th again, and tickets will go on sale November 17th. So keep an eye out for that. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling because it's just me. I'm still getting over this cold, so any minute I could go into coughing fit, and nobody wants to hear that. Um, but I'm very excited about today's podcast guest. I met uh, Nicole Sinquee in Steamboat at uh, SBT Gravel, not this past year, but the year before. She is a fellow former, well, I guess she still races triathlon. She's had some uh, injuries related to that that's kept her off the, the tri-bike, but she's just a ball of energy. She balances so much. She lives in New York City, is a teacher, has a kid. She went and raced the uh, Westridge Way Challenge uh, this past year in and Iceland. I've had to do so much of her training indoors, early mornings, late nights, so she can have time with her family. So I think she's a great person that you can hear like, you can do one of these major adventures and have a really busy life. There are sacrifices that you make for a season. Um, and then we just get into all kinds of other things. Uh, so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation with Nicole Sinquee. And I will hopefully find Christy and talk to you guys next week. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit InsideTracker.com feisty. 
That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. All right, we brought the energy to the podcast today. Oh, thank goodness, because the energy is dragging ass over on the side. <laughs> All right, we have Nicole Sinqui. Did I say it correctly, Nicole? Yeah, of course you did. I didn't even practice it. That's impressive. That is like, that's like, we should end the podcast right now. Well, remember, we, we interviewed Nicole at uh, we did. Uh, SBT, so I had to practice that. You did practice. So. Um. Nicole, you are another triathlete gone gravel. It's a way to go. It's the new, <laughs> it's the new everything. And I think especially as we age, I mean, some people age and like their bodies don't know that they're aging for, but for me, it's definitely whack-a-mole and like my Achilles stopped working. And I just found myself like really communing with the bike more. And also like I could do hard workouts and recover versus triathlon like the running was still involved and like I just I can't do it like I used to and just the training for the three different disciplines finding the pool all that stuff like being a triathlete is just really hard and um a little quick shout out to my friend Ellen Hart who was racing Kona and she is um she's in her 60s now and she's been for a long time and she's been to so many world championships and I think wow, like your body has the, you know, the ability to keep going and um, so impressed with, um, with women and older women who can do this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you take us back? Tell us how you got into endurance sports. We usually start with cycling, but you kind of had a path through endurance sports to cycling. So I don't know that I would say endurance sports as much as like, like I, you know, I did a couple marathons that was not my thing. My husband actually asked me, um, so my husband's Jonathan Kane, who coaches me. And he said to me, like, what was your PR in the marathon? And I told him, and he said, did you train? I was like, you're rude. And he goes, no, no, no. I mean, like you're, half- Wait, was, he wasn't coaching you at that time. Was he? <laughs> no, he wasn't. Maybe that's why he asked, but, <laughs> but he said like, your half is just so much faster than your marathon. Like it doesn't make sense that there's that great disparity. And I said, you know, I would train and I would get to mile 20 in the marathon. I was like, I got this. And then I would, I would get to mile 20 in a step. And I was like, Ooh, I don't got this. And uh, like, I never thought I could run, run, walk as slowly as I would in the last um, 10 K of a marathon. It was just rough. And I even thought, I thought, Oh, somebody like me, I just don't have the endurance. I could go up to a half marathon, but that's it. But then I did um, a try. I did a half iron um, triathlon, which again, I had only done sprints and it was one of those things where I just said, all right, I'll try this. I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, and on the way to the race, I looked at my, uh, Jonathan, I was like, I don't think I can do this. I've only done sprints. I haven't even done an Olympic. And he said, remember, it's just a long day at the office. Just go and just, you know, settle in. And, um, and I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to break five. And then like it happened and I thought, wow, I can exercise for, you know, five hours. Like, why can't I do that for a marathon? And just, it was so different triathlon to marathon, like completely different beasts. 
So after the whole triathlon thing ended shortly after, I think shortly after um, I gave birth, then like, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And for a while, I actually stopped doing stuff. I, um, I raced for a couple of years when Simon was young and then just, I stopped and things hurt and I wasn't interested and I would just run on my own and that was fine. And then I think it went into cycles of being able to run, not being able to run. And then just remembering that in college, I used to love mountain biking. Even said I majored in mountain biking and I have the grades to prove it. Um, (laughs) And like, I was like, you love the bike, get back on the bike. And I started riding again and that was fun. And recently, like a friend of mine said, like, you should do gravel. It's like, I've been biking for a while, but I don't know what gravel is. And so I tried it and, you know, everybody should have like four bikes. That makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and I'm a believer. (laughs) Yeah. And immediately I actually did not like it. I didn't like the geometry of the bike. And I thought, I know how to mountain bike. Why am I so uncomfortable on this bike? I even like flipped over the handlebars on a really easy path. And I thought, I don't know what I'm doing. And it was a real lesson in you start where you are and you just move forward. You get better by doing it more. And the more I did it, the more I realized, oh, I actually really like this. And there are races I can do, which is a much different vibe from like triathlon races, running races, anything. And you just like go out there, you have fun, you support each other and you're not dead after the race. You can go out and like go out to dinner, walk, you can walk. Um, like it was just fun. And I just like the community, the inclusivity gravel, really inclusive. I am so impressed with what um, the folks at SBT is doing, uh, what they're doing, what um, the folks at Westford Cycling is doing to um include BIPOC athletes and, you know, like, um, para athletes. Um, and I know a number of other, I think Rome, um, mountain biking fest, like there's so many people out there making sure that people have access. And at the end of the day, I just think health and community are the two big ones. And if you can have people moving, it's, it's a bonus for everybody, the health industry, like bring those, you know, insurance prices down, all that stuff, but just joy it brings joy and community you go out there and you talk to somebody and you pedal with them tell me you don't feel better you know yesterday I was riding with my friend and I had just the most bizarre uneventful crash and I ended up with like a hole in my leg not even joking a hole in my leg and like there's blood running down and I thought you know even with a hole in my leg like, I don't regret this ride. Like, it's, it's always so fun. <laughs> I have a hole in my leg, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I should have probably gotten it stitched, but, I, you know, I it's, uh, uh, butterfly strips. It's, it'll be fine. It's fine. Or, or it won't, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I hope it's fine. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> and you said you've now evolved into racing cyclocross. Yes. Okay. So that was one of um, those things where, again, for people just committed to inclusivity, the head of our team is Randy Locklear, who is his generosity quotient is really high. And he said he had done cyclocross, realized that there were not many um, 
people of color on the sport. He had so much fun with it. And he thought, I need to make it my mission to, you know, open up the, this community to people of color. And so he started a cyclocross team, which is B cyclocross. Um, and he sponsors right now, there are about six of us. And um, he partners with some with some brands like SRAM, um, Champ Systems, um, Industry Nine. Um, oh, come on! I gotta do better. Squid. Oh my God, Squid! Um, and just um, they have been instrumental in bringing people into this. Who I never knew about cyclocross. I mean, like I'd heard about it, and I thought, okay, that's crazy. And I'd done like my mountain biking. So I wasn't going to like get another bike to go into this whole other field. And he opened up this scholarship for, for people to apply. And I was the first person he selected. And I thought, why? I'm, you know, at the time was what, like 49. I was like, I'm 49. <laughs> and like, you know what? If people see you out there and they say, oh, I can do this too. He goes, then it was worth it. And so I take, you know, with just any sponsorship, I take that stuff to heart. Like nothing is free because something might be free to me. doesn't mean it's free. Somebody's paying for stuff. So I do everything I can to come to the race fully prepared. Like on the start line, I am not leaving stuff to chance in terms of my fitness. I'm just like, I'm getting there ready. Like, I think it's a job. Um, but my other job is to show joy is to you know, be my best self, um, not just as a racer, because like, you know, I'm 50 now, like, like, yeah, I race, but that's not the be all end all. And I've got to share whatever knowledge I have. I want other people to, you know, at the end of the day, like, go out there, be better than they were, and eventually, like, be better than me. Like, like just like who's the slow girl back there? It's like me, me. Um, and just because like what feels better than thinking that you can't do something and then you do it? You look back, it's like that was me. There's no way I ever thought that was possible. And then you do it. And that's what biking is, is like stuff that you think is impossible, and you get to those like those dark moments and you're like it cannot pedal more and then you do and then you pedal faster and you're like what was that yeah <laughs> it's a good it's a good analogy for life too I mean it just translates right you can take those lessons and and use them in life absolutely there was one training ride where we had to do like 110 miles or something and I swear to you we got to mile 50 mile 10 was horrible 20 up through mile 50 horrible we got to mile 80 and it felt like mile two. We're just like, how do you feel so bad? And at mile 80, feel like a rock star and start like pushing serious watts. But like how you feel now doesn't have to be how you feel in the next mile or in the next year. And, you know, with seeing family members who have struggled with health, like I just think one again, health is everything. And, you know, how you are today doesn't have to be how you are tomorrow, but also appreciate where you are now. And one of the things that might be a gem that I talk about later on is, um, oh, I lost it. 
It's because you're 50. <laughs> that stuff is real. It's that real. Is, it's, it's so real. real. <laughs> yeah. Like on the way to the kitchen, like if I want a banana, I, I say banana, banana, banana. I'm not even joking. Or if I'm looking for, um, I was like, okay, I need a pair of socks. I think I say, I am looking for, I am looking for a pair of socks. I am that person. Oh, yes. Do you, have you ever heard, because I, like, this is totally taking this on a side note, but if you walk through a door, you'll lose your thought. Yes, I have and heard so that. so then you walk, you walk back through, like, I, like, literally at work, they'll catch me, like, walking in and back, back. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to find the thought that I lost when I walked through the store. It's somewhere in here. You know, I just <laughs> the other day. And I also recently thought about how thoughts aren't random. And so whenever mm. I think something, um, like when I forget something, I think there was something that you thought before that generated that thought. So just try and connect it. Like when you think, oh, I thought of that out of nowhere, you, you didn't. Something happened that, I hate this word, that triggered that other um, thing. Yeah, everything is triggering now, right? <laughs> like maybe the most overused word of 2022 yeah triggered yeah. and authentic <laughs> well authentic's been the most overused word for a long time but the other one's pivot everybody's pivoting oh pivot pivot yeah, yeah. we need to pivot yeah <laughs> do you live what in- we do, <laughs> we like, do. let's be honest <laughs> um do you live in new york is that correct nicole or do you still live there i am still in new york i'm in the bronx oh my gosh i love that yeah, and nobody thinks that you can ride in the Bronx, right? Uh, well, I was going to ask, where do you ride gravel around there and cycle cross? I love, love, love the Bronx. Okay, so I am a half mile from Van Cortlandt Park. Don't stalk me, anybody. Okay, <laughs> I am half a mile from Van Cortlandt Park. And so <laughs> I can ride on the flats there. I can go on the bike path, which is right there and go do my 120 miles, which I did. And, you know, so you have to to cross a couple streets here and there, but like you can really ride hard or I can bike out to Sprain Ridge Park, um, which is about a 30 minute bike ride, then mountain bike in Sprain Ridge. Um, There is another place near like in Westchester that I just rode to the other day, right off the bike path. Um, so you can ride out your door a lot. Yeah, I can. It's so great. And then I have Zwift where I just finished a hard workout on Zwift and like the indoor trainer has been instrumental, instrumental in allowing me to get it done. But yeah, I love, love, love the proximity of stuff in here in the Bronx and nobody thinks, Oh, the Bronx, you can ride, but yeah, if you, yeah, it's great. I love being here. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of good gravel events up in the Northeast too. Yeah. Um, and for like, yeah, there's stuff in Vermont, but it's still kind of far there, but yeah, there's definitely stuff around. And- I hear that uh, Celine Yeager has a little of it. Her senior husband up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, yes, we're going out to um yeah, they're going a little bit farther from where we are. Um I think this weekend I'm supposed to go to Pennsylvania and I was hoping to see her. <laughs> it is this weekend. Yeah, I was hoping to see her but it's a different event. Um oh. going to which bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah, and she can ride. Oh my goodness. Like she's a solid rider. Yeah. She's she has a little riding. That's for <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> I'm sending them a text right now. So if they're listening, they're going to get a good luck on your event weekend text from, <laughs> from the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. That's funny. That's awesome. So you, um, we first met you at Steamboat. That was your first gravel event, right? Yes. And you know what? This was another thing where I got the scholarship to go to Steamboat through Ride for Racial Justice. And again, like it was one of those things where I just started riding gravel. I didn't even consider racing. It wasn't even in my wheelhouse. And this opportunity presented itself. And I thought, let's try this. And then it was just incredible. I met in this like inspiring folks and um, and it just made me want to be out there and be out there more. And um, and I felt so fortunate. And then after the steamboat event, then there was something else that came up where I got to go to Iceland. Um, this- and then you went on a, like a five day, very long ride through Iceland. <laughs> All right. So I, I've got to fess up with Iceland. I saw that the Iceland trip was available. And let me tell you what I really saw was <laughs> free trip to Iceland. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I really saw. Like I'm fessing up. And I told the race director this. And so my husband said to me, he's like, listen, Nikki, if you want to do this race, I will support you. But what I don't want you to do is go to this race because you think it's a free trip to Iceland. And I was like, no, like that's ridiculous. Why would I ever think that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And so my friend Ryan, who is one of my bike partners, says, hey, coach, I've never heard of her talking about bikepacking before. And Jonathan said, because she's not interested in bikepacking, she's supposed to go to Iceland. <laughs> and so, like, no, no, Jonathan, like, I really want to go like this. Like, I've always wanted to do this. And like, I've always wanted to go to Iceland. I didn't always want to bike back through Iceland. And so we commit, I get in and I'm excited. Like, I really am excited. And like a couple weeks into the race, he's programming stuff. And I'm like, I'm on the ra- I'm on the bike for a long time. I mean, I like my bike, but like, this is just ridiculous. And I say to him, I was like, Jonathan, this, this is a lot of training. And he just looks at me, he goes, now is not the time to assess. It was before you signed up for the race. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see where it is. I will not say anything after this. I will just, and that's the thing. Like, I know how to grind. I know how to just put my head down and grind. And like, sometimes it was like, okay, you're going to ride seven hours today. And tomorrow you're going to ride four hours. And with that, I will say the only thing physically, like I was doing the easy part which sounds crazy, but the only thing that made that possible being a mom is that I have a partner that fully supports me. Yeah. I asked for permission from my son who's 10 and my husband. And I said, this can't happen without this being a team effort. And, um, and some of the work for me, like, so I could have more time with family. Like I get on the bike at 11 o'clock at night and, you know, like I would have like four or five hours sleep, get up, go to work and just like fit stuff in wherever I could. And, um, you know, for people to say, oh, you can have it all. You cannot have it all. Like things 
things suffer, you know, and I tell my husband all the time, I was like, you supported me and um, couldn't happen without you. I thank you. And I, I told my son, I was like, you know, thank you for this. And at any point in like my racing or stuff, if you think, mom, like you've chosen this over me, just tell me. And I said, we're done. Like, you know, this stuff is fun. It can't be my number one priority. And, you know, and like, so you might think, how can you, your number one priority be family if you're spending so much time doing it, this other stuff. And, um, and I did think of backing out of the Iceland race when um, a family member got sick. And um, my husband's like, no, this is exactly when you need to go because like, you really never know when you're going to have this, this one opportunity. And, and I'm glad I went. And it was one of those powerful experiences where you know, sometimes you just need to be reminded that you can do hard things. And <laughs> so it was four days, like it was really like four and a half days. The one day of, I do air quotes of rest was really 12 hours of rest because we started the, the next day at midnight. And it was 600 miles with um, like 34,000 feet vertical. The last day was just insane. It was only, it was only 138 miles, but um, it was, the the highest elevation and perspective is funny because I remember thinking it, on one day I got to like mile 40 and no no it was um yeah mile 40 and I was like all right you got this because you only have 100 left that's <laughs> like what yeah in what world right like it's no I like when I was training for unbound in 2018 and really had my head down training for it I was like Oh, sweet. Today's only 160 miles. Right. Like what the heck, what, you know, and like, when you realize that, when you realize that you're saying only to that kind of mileage in a single day, it's, I'm like, wow. Okay. I flipped the page on perspective on this. It's right. And you know, like, how can we do that outside of the bike world where you feel like, oh man, I can't get this done. And then you realize that oh, that's just a small thing in the big picture of life. And I can't get that done. And you know what? Maybe I can't get one thing done, but it shouldn't crush my spirit. Um, I had a while where I thought, no matter what it is, if it's something that sounds fun, I'm going to say yes. Um, it didn't last that long, but like for how long, for the few months that it lasted, I was like, boy, this is really joyful. How many times, like, does your friend ask you to do something? You're like, I can't, I have this to do. And then you miss that opportunity. And like, it was worth it. It was worth doing. Um, yeah. Well, and I think it's helpful too, like when you have a season, a season, right? Like you're like, I'm training for this thing and it's going to be from this time to this time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I was listening to um, Sarah True, who is a triathlete and she Hosts, if we're one of our podcasts, if we're writing, you know, she got, she qualified for Kona. She started grad school. She has a one-year-old, her husband's a marathon yep. runner. Like it's coming up on big marathon season. And she was like, I know that I can't do this forever, but I can do this schedule for six weeks. Yeah. And we yeah. talked about it as a family and like, this could be my last one. And so like, I can, I can have this insanity for six weeks and, and, and even like, 
emotionally know that I can balance that on the back end because it'll be over in six weeks. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's the same with doing any big project, like just a work project, like, okay, this is going to be six weeks of hell and then it's over. Of hell, exactly. Can't last forever. You can't, you know what, like when you think of when like you're in peak fitness, you're like, you know, you walk with that swagger of like, (laughs) but you can't be like that all the time. Like you're not, you're supposed to have that down cycle. And, you know, it's something that I didn't fully understand when I was younger. I just thought I've worked so hard to get fit. I'm not going to take that time off and lose fitness. I just didn't understand, you know, even though like I was told, you got to take time off. And I was like, no, you know me, I can't. (laughs) And then your body was like, and that's fine. I can recover just fine at 25. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You can recover at 25 and then later on you can't. And like, I just didn't know that the body needs time to rebuild and just like you, you know that, but you can't understand that. Oh, you're not going to lose fitness. Like you're going to lose sharpness. And that's completely different. I'm really dull right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I, I am fit, but I'm dull. Damn it! <laughs> you know that's fine because you can get it's sharp. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it's the getting fit that I—that's so much harder in terms of time, and like getting sharp is like a different kind of hard. It's—I want to vomit, kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we've been having some great T-shirt liners. <laughs> Well, I do quote cards for the podcast. So I'm always like, that would be a really good quote. That's a good quote. (laughs) Yeah, it's, that's a really good way to put it. And I, you know, I was like reading today, my husband sent me this whole thing about walking that came out. I don't know what, what magazine, I mean, you've seen them everywhere. Just like how important just walking is. Yeah. And I do think we've gotten into this, a bit of this cycle of, you know, just going so hard. We're really just to be fit. You don't have to go hard. You just have to go. You just got to move. Thank you. You know what? So I am the self-appointed director of health and wellness at my school, <laughs> director of health and wellness. Um, but basically like, I'm always trying to motivate people to move. And you know, like I do have crazy energy. I'm just like, Hey, yeah. Um, do you want to do something? Um, how can I help you get, get moving? And you're like, by leaving me alone. But anyway, um, and I, and I, <laughs> Folks have this idea that if you're not running a marathon, training for a marathon, running a this, uh, um, like it doesn't count. And I said, like today, for example, um, I asked a woman, I said, what are you doing for movement? And she starts out with apologizing. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm just curious to see, like, what can I gift you to help, you know, incentivize you? And she said, well, you know, I have a little kid. And I said, oh, um, I bet like your kid would love, um, she is a four-year-old. Yeah. I said, would love to be held as like a kettlebell swing. But in general, I just said, what I want you to do, we're sitting by this bench. I said, do this with me. We're going to stand up and sit down 10 times. And then we are going to balance and then, you know, lift one leg. I said, the smallest movement, 10 on each leg. And I said, you know what? So that didn't take long. And that counted that kind of, she goes, wow, thank you. And I said, yeah, all you have to do is do something. Mm-hmm. And I said, and leave the guilt out of it, have fun with it. 
And if you can find somebody to do stuff with, then like, it's even better. And I said, you have one goal. The goal is to be energized so you can play more with your daughter. And how mm-hmm. fun is that? Yeah. You don't have to, you know, like exercise. If you think of it as exercise, I think it's so much harder. Right. If you yeah. think of it as I get to move. Oh, I know what I want to say. That whenever I think, oh, my goodness, that was so slow or so bad. I get that out of my head because I know that in 10 years, I'm going to look back at myself now and think, how are you so fast? It's not going to get faster from here. (laughs) It's as good as it gets. And so if you just look at yourself and say, one, like truly, you know, this whole idea of gratitude, people like, oh, gratitude. No, but seriously, if you can appreciate in the present how good you have it, even when things are bad, Like there are things in my life that are bad where like I see people I love having a hard time and I'm gutted by it. And I think, but I still have you here in my life. And I love that I get to love you. Um, And when I go for these bike rides with my friends, that's not going to last forever, but it's happening now. And I'm so lucky for it. and that's like movement is such a gift like don't waste it when people say oh I have to go for a run I was like you have to go for a run you are so lucky that you can run I would love to go for a run I can't go for a run like you are so lucky even a slow run is amazing like it's it's a gift yeah I've been um I've had this frozen this thing called frozen shoulder for like six months it's finally starting to loosen up but I um so I go to CrossFit a lot it actually even though I don't have full range of motion it helps like keep things moving yeah and I used to do like a ton of these like strength training and like be be able to do like really heavy weights and stuff like years ago and so I always compare myself to that person Mm -hmm. right and the other day uh we were finishing the class and the coach was like, that was really good work today. Like, good job. And I was like, well, I had to modify. And she goes, why are you so hard on yourself? You say that every time. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> like, The reason for me to be here is to be fit and to move, like yep. not to like prove something. And so why am I not proud of myself that I came and worked really hard today, even if I had to modify something? I can tell you why. I think because we lack giving ourselves grace when there is so much out there of everybody's crushing it, but you, and you know why you're not crushing it because you're not working hard enough and you're just not good enough. And that is all bullshit. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I just think of crushing it as like, are you finding joy? That's it right are there. You, right? Are you being better today? Not that not than you ever were, but that you, than you were 10 minutes ago. Not even yesterday because yesterday you might have had a great day, but just like 10 minutes ago where you thought, "Oh, I don't want to do anything." Yeah. And sometimes like what you really want to do is rest. And yes, rest. Go rest. Rest is beautiful. Yeah, I took a nap today. I was like I love naps. Yeah. I was I like, too. I have not taken a nap all week and came home and laid on the couch 10 minutes. 
Yeah. Yeah. But I I think, uh, I think that whole concept of joy right now is something that, that I'm living in with, with my workouts right now. It's just like, I'm only doing the things that I want to do. I mean, I'm blessed because I, I don't think everybody loves movement. I don't think everybody loves to be outside. I mean, I think there are some people that that's just kind of not something that they truly enjoy. Um, I feel blessed that I do love to be outside. I, nobody wants to be around me if I haven't moved regularly. Um, you know, so it's, (laughs) it's like, but that's what I'm doing. It's like, I'm not worried about my times or my speeds or anything. I'm just moving and enjoying it and relaxing about it. That's so funny that you talk about nobody wanting to be around you when you haven't moved. That's what my husband said. He's just like, when I think, okay, I'm going to, you know, just bag this workout so that I can be home. He goes, no, 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 no. You're going for that workout. <laughs> Why don't you go do that workout instead? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants you here. And I was yeah. like, that bad he goes it is that bad yeah, yeah. well my like th- that's the thing my husband will push me out there he's like go for 10 minutes and if you're still feeling that way come back just cut it short get out the door and if and if it's not working and you're still feeling like you don't want to do it then turn around and come back and i'm like it's perfect because if you get out and move for five minutes most likely you're ready to go go longer and you know what and if we have people in our lives who just encourage us like mm-hmm. hey everything counts do five minutes like that's really, that's a gift right there. Yeah, I love that. I love all that. And I, I, I think it also relates, Christy and I have talked about this a lot. We hate it when people say, I'm just going to that race and just doing the 25 or the 50. Just stop it. Just stop <laughs> it. Just stop it. My response to that is I have never, never heard Usain Bolt said, I only run the hundred. Like, <laughs> I was no. actually thinking about it the other day and I was like, 50 miles is a long way to ride a bike. Like 25 yes. miles is a long way to ride a bike. <laughs> And we compare it to other things. Uh, and I'm like, those are actually lo- a long way to ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. I've never quite understood that. Cause I mean, of course with this, with our event here, like we hear that constantly. And then when we added the 350, people are like, I'm only doing the 200. I'm like, are you kidding me? Stop. Like, just <laughs> stop. <laughs> no, like this whole but, thing about, yeah. Like whatever um, distance you choose, just be as well prepared as you can for that distance. Yeah. And show up ready. That's it. And even if you don't show up fully ready, show up to enjoy people that you're going to meet, show up to look at the scenery, show up to like it, participate in the community. There's so many different ways that you can attend and do an event. I mean, you're the post that Catherine just did on what, what the de- redefining compete, like going back to the original where it was the idea of like striving together. The, yeah. Just redefine it and enjoy it. Like, yeah. And I don't know if you read Betsy's thing that she did on the UCI today. It's actually really good. Betsy Welch just put out an article on on UCI and the women's race and how we still need to cheer for these women, even though they shortened the race and don't have as many women. I, I still, that one's just kind of blowing my mind. <clears throat> but, um, you know, we all get to show up to all of these things especially in gravel and do them how we want to do them. That's all, that's just all we need to do. It doesn't have to be about pros ruining gravel or (laughs) if you want to be on the pointy end of the stick, go be on the pointy end of the stick. There you go. Yeah. There's so many ways to be involved in like when I say, you know, show up ready. Like, I just think 
it's much harder to grind through. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's more fun if you're ready, if you're prepared. Yeah. You, you have a more fun day. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of like where, what your place is, the only people who care about your place, I'm not going to say it's just you, your friends care about your place for you because they want you to get what you wanted. They don't really care about the number. If you say, oh, I was 500. They're like, wait, it's 500th what you want? Then awesome. Oh, are you disappointed? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody cares about your place or your time. Like you do it for you. And like, what is your goal? Is your goal to meet people? Is your goal to represent? Is your goal to finish a race, to do something that you never thought possible? Is your goal to just like wear pretty clothes and like, you know, strut? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Look at my new kit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually another article I just wrote that's up on the site as well, talking about how to plan a race season. And actually you need to start with your why, like, why do I want to do what I want to do? And then set your goals because there's going to be like all kinds of shit's going to happen. Speaking of my why, I think about this a lot of people. And I know that there are folks who want to lose weight and like, and people have approached me like, oh, would you support this? And I was like, listen to me. My brand, whatever my brand is never, ever, ever going to be about weight loss. Okay. Never, ever, ever. If your goal in exercise is just about weight loss, that is so much harder. Like, and in terms of like, I want to look a certain way that is so much harder to get up each day. But if your goal is, if you can have something tangible, like I want to be able to, you know, walk 5K in a couple months. All right, then there's a program that you can do. And you're not thinking of lessening. Like, I'm, I have to, like, you know, lessen my calories or whatever it is. Like, hey, I get to move. I get to walk. And, you know, not everybody loves movement. I understand. But maybe you see yourself getting stronger. And it's like, oh, that felt easier. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I think having the goal to just be how you look. I mean, some people can do it. Some people can do it. But I think that's a hard way to go in terms of motivating oneself. There's so much fun out there to be had. And, and I also think like the whole joy of seeing yourself like get stronger or faster or just fitter where things just you know, where you walk up the stairs and you don't breathe this hard because I don't care how fit you are walking up the stairs. You breathe hard. Okay? Oh my gosh. You breathe hard. <laughs> I'm just like, I thought it was fit. Um, yeah. Just get up and move folks. You listen, get up and move. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel better. If you need a motivational coach, <laughs> we got you. Nicole lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> no, but listen, listen, listen. <laughs> That's so funny you say that because my husband was um, going to speak at um, my school one day and I swear to you, I said to him, can I curse here? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. you, you can bleep it out. I looked at him and I said, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> and he said, wow, if this teaching thing doesn't work out, like motivational speaking is not where you should go and I was like no 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 like I'm just saying that as like he goes as motivation and I was like yeah, sorry about that but seriously don't fuck it up yeah <laughs> but that, like anytime I see 
especially kids out there. Like, first of all, anytime I see a runner, I always say good job or go. And then if it's a race, I have loyalty to no one. I will say, come on, Catherine, you got this go. And I'll say, come on, Christy, catch her. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always telling the next person to go. I have no loyalty out there. But yeah, it's just like, it's fun to cheer for people. It, um, and I learned that if you cheer for a person in a race, it actually gives you some adrenaline. Oh, so for sure. Like, oh, like I'm being selfish. Like I'm going to cheer for you so that I can win. <laughs> yeah. Maybe kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's really fun to just like see somebody just think, no, I can't do this, then have their brain just like turn to, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can. And I remember cheering for my son one time in a race. And like my whole thing is go. Like I cheered for him and I cheered for the the kid who was um, racing him. Like I cheer for everybody. And I said, come on, Simon. And he heard it as like, come on, Simon. And he just looked at me just like deflated. And he goes, I can't. And I was like, whoa, that's not, that's not what I meant. And he just kind of slowed down almost to a stop. And the kid like got farther, farther away. And I said, yes, you can. And it just switched in his brain. And he ran him down and they, they tied for the win. And I was like, that is so incredible that you went from feeling like you were dead to sprinting. And I think we all have that, that capacity, not just in exercise, but just in life where you feel like you can't. And then you just need somebody to remind you that like you can do a lot more. You know, it's like when like the the mom sees her kid in trouble and she's like, I can't do anything. And then she like lifts a car. She's like, I saved my baby. Like that whole thing. We have that in us. But it's like, where is that urgency to to enlist that kind of power? Do you have your eye on for the 2023 season? So if I can get my Achilles back, I'd love to get in a couple tries. But I think I'm kind of done with the road triathlon. Oh, there's the new gravel try. Yes. If I can do a gravel try or an off-road try, because I did an off-road try last year and it went well. And um, my Achilles were still wonky, but like I did well enough on the mountain bike that I had a little bit of time. Um, and I remember also I didn't have any water and I remember oh, no. COVID and I just like said to like another one, I was like, just pour it in my hand. Can I have some of your water? Just pour it in my hand. And like to another guy, I was like, are you going to drink that? He's like, yes, I am. And he's <laughs> like, All right, you don't have to be like that. But anyway, um, that was fun. And if I can like do some trail running, that would be fun. So, all right. What do I have my eye on? Um, I'm going back to Iceland. I'm going back. Gonna to do it again. I am. That's exciting. Um, if I can do a couple tries, they, that would be great. Um, finish cyclocross season by December and use the um, the first few months of next year to just like get the training going. And then over the, um, the summer, the summer is like really where like I see my best self as an athlete because I have the time to do it. 
Um, oh. They get in some gravel races. I think SBT might be on the docket again, which it's so expensive to get to. Like it's yeah, it's, it's not. Well, I mean, there's a 200 mile race in Kansas at the beginning of the summer, <laughs> and there's a lot of wind at that race, so it could be like a perfect training. But see, but the begin- no, but the beginning of summer, like. I need it to be moved to later on in the summer. I don't think you want to do that in Kansas later in the summer. <laughs> yeah, it should be like a jump start to your training, two hundred miles, or do the hundred. Just the hundred. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. I knew that was coming. <laughs> There's a race in what in Texas? What in March? Like a four hundred miler, and um, that's crazy. Like what? Well, if you're in the, if you're in Texas, you can train all winter. So yeah. yeah the whole idea of a 400 mile single race where like some people, I mean, the pro who won it last year did it in like 20 hours. Oh, you're thinking of the 350 about, right? I don't know. No, maybe in Texas, but they now have, yeah, they now have a 400 mile race. I don't know which I'm race. sure there is, Yeah, but it's just like, is more and more. What can we do? What can we do? Yeah. I'm just saying, you know what? I'm fine for doing something, knowing that it ends and I can go on with the rest of my life and yeah. do little short things like, and you know, it's like, um, what's her name? Miranda. Is it Carafe? How do you say her last name? Uh, Carfrey. I was like, Carfrey, yeah, she talked about, you know what? Now she has two kids. Like, she's like, I don't want to do, you know, 30 hours of training a week. And mm-hmm. like, I see other things in my life. I, I do love being on the bike, but I see other things in my life where I don't want to have all my free time be on the bike. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm the same place. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and you know, what? what's nice is when I get to be on the bike with friends and just hanging out. So like, that's, that's, that's a win-win. Yeah, I love that. Well, if people want to follow your adventures, uh, your cyclocross and your other adventures, where should they connect with you? Oh, you know what? On Instagram, I um, I'm Sinqui on Instagram, and that's like where like I'm most um, like most of my social media stuff is, and um, and also so funny because I now do a a little um, story every day at school. It's um, come for the fashion, stay for the math. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, I'm so all about, yeah, just your training and your math we can find on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, my, my whole thing is like, I'm willing to make myself look silly if it makes somebody else feel better about themselves and feel like, all right, I, I can go and do this just because I remember being that person who that immigrant kid who was like that weird Jamaican and like didn't have the right clothes and didn't, you know, like was odd and just like not trying something because like you didn't have the right things to try it. And I'm just like, you have no idea what you can be good at if you don't have exposure to a whole lot of things. And, um, like I've seen so many people where it's like, wait a minute, you were, you were overweight and like sedentary. And then now you were a sub three marathoner. Like, how did you know that you could be that good? And it's like, a friend just said, start running with me. And then like, you can discover your talent. Like I have, um, 
All right. Like I always, I brag about my nephew because I'm so proud of him, but he used to play football and he was really good. And he used to go to track in the off season, but he just didn't want to run. And he's like, uh, coach, can I throw that stick thing? And he's like, yeah. And now he's number seven in the world in an Olympian javelin thrower. Like, wow. how did he know, I know. How did he know that that was going to be his thing? He didn't. And then he got exposed to it. He tried it. And then he just turned out to be really good at it. That's um, awesome. So like, like, I wonder what is my thing that like, I'm really an expert on. We're yet to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying it. <laughs> Keep showing up. And you know, and, and you'll hear like Des, um, Desi Linden and just everybody say, just show up, just show up. And I think about in sports, like I have met what I say, people I have no business knowing because they're from the farthest reaches of everything that I should have had no connection with. And I met them because I showed up to a race and we yeah. And I, that's what I'm most grateful for in sports, the connections, the two things, the connections I've made, um, duathlon nationals was the big one where I met Laura Klein and Ellen Hart and, you know, Kristen Chapman and just Gail and so many great, great people. And the belief in myself that I never had the confidence that I had from racing where I have like NSQ is my alter ego. NSQ is the one where I'm just like, I'm going out. And like, I believe in me, which I didn't always believe in me. And my husband, he's like, wait a minute, you go out there and you walk in races. And I was like, well, or I DNF. And like, I did that because I just had this in my head of like, well, you suck. And of course, like you're going to lose. And like, there was this whole narrative. And he's like, we've got to change that. One time this, um, this old guy, he must've been like 70. I'm not even joking. We're in a race and he goes, honey, what are you doing back here with me? Looking like you do. You shouldn't be back here with me. I'm like, not a bull, man. <laughs> I'm walking great. And then I quit. And then I, and then I quit and then ran 10 miles. My husband's like, what was that? And I said, well, I was tired. He goes, you were so tired that then you ran 10 miles. And I was like, no, my head's bad. And we completely changed that narrative. And now I'm just like, I can do hard things. And if you believe that, you're right. You can do hard things. Wow. I love that. Well, those sound like great parting words of wisdom yes. for this episode. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Nicole. You're always, um, I mean, I've only talked to you a few times, but it's always fun to talk to you. And here, a chatterbox. So sorry if it was it's, like, oh, no, it's great. <laughs> this is great. We like it when it's like very chatty. And um, I will be seeing you not too long at our uh, Feisty Menopause Summit. I am so excited. And I like, there's so many things that I'm thinking about. And like, I like, I am honored beyond belief. And I recognize that this is a huge privilege. And let me tell you, I am bringing it. I am going to deliver. I'm going to. I have no doubt. (laughs) I have no doubt. Well, I will be talking to you there. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. Much love. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. 
And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.